It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool center. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, a very good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Drive, all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. I was rummaging through today wondering, what's the big story of today? You know what I came up with? There's not much happening. It's still bubbling over what's happening in rugby league. We're still, uh, the other story regarding Dave Warner, who's turned his back on the Big Bash. But primarily, it's uh, we're all waiting for tomorrow night to see who rocks up for the West Coast Eagles and the Fremantle Dockers in this weekend's AFL. How Manly will go tomorrow night in the National Rugby League match with seven players out. And probably, as I said, I had it as focused last night as one of the major stories. Well, today there's been some developments where the Manly Seagull players who are boycotting their club's game tomorrow night now won't attend the match For security reasons. Now, those seven players who won't feature against the Sydney Roosters over the club's decision to wear an LGBTQIA-themed jersey, Manly will become the first NRL club in history to run out in that kit, and it was expected the boycotting players would then just simply sit in the stands. But the development today says they won't attend due to the club's fear of crowd violence or antisocial behaviour that may be directed towards them. So that's the latest twist to it all. So they will need to stay home. They will watch the match on television and they won't have any part in what transpires tomorrow night. And one thing for sure, if Manly win, it'll just be incredible because they are scratching at the moment to field a side. Seven players out of a rugby league to side is a significant debt. It's not like seven out of an AFL side, but you've got 18 players plus four uh, on the bench. So we'll have to wait and see what transpires there. The other big news is money talks, doesn't it? An Australian cricket uh, star, David Warner, has reportedly turned his back on the Big Bash League as the Big Bash League try to get big names this summer after what's transpired over the last few years where the profile of the BBL has somewhat waned. So instead of playing BBL reportedly, he's seeking permission to participate in a newly established T20 competition in the subcontinent. Now, earlier this month, as we found out, South Africa officially withdrew from a three-match ODI series against the Aussies in January. And of course, one of those games was going to be here at the Wacker, but now we've uh, been rescheduled a match against England, meaning the country's international stars will be available for the second half of the BBL. But as reported by The Australian today, Warner has instead requested to play in the UAE's new T20 League this January, once again snubbing the Big Bash. Now, the UAE tournament is understood to be offering three-year contracts worth $2.1 million Australian for participants. 
And Warner, who led the Sunrisers Hyderabad in the Indian Premier League for several years, is banned at this stage from any captaincy position in the BBL due to his role in the infamous Cape Town ball tampering saga. And I reckon Dave Warner's attitude at the moment is, bugger you, you're not going to give me uh, an opportunity to maybe do what I've always wanted to do, is to lead a side here in Australia in some shape or form. I'll just seek the fame, fortune and riches of uh, overseas competition. So it looks like he's heading to the UAE. Later on in the program, we've got a couple of uh, special guests. I'll be speaking to Michelangelo Rucci. Will Ken Hinckley be coaching Port Adelaide next year? It was quite intriguing, really, when you saw at the front of the Port Adelaide headquarters, someone had posted a sign suggesting sack Hinckley. How strong is that wave amongst the power supporters? Michelangelo Rucci will join us. He'll also give us his thoughts on Adelaide and where they're at and also his thoughts on some of the uh, rule changes and where the AFL sits currently. And also I'll ask him questions uh, from afar, how he sees uh, Fremantle's tilt at maybe a top four spot this season. And later on also I'll be speaking to Michael Roberts, the CEO of the West Australian Football Commission. And the first question I'll ask him is how far away are they from locking away the WAFL Grand Final venue. So that's all coming up later on. Before we take a break and come back with Michelangelo Rucci, uh, Nick Kyrgios's preparations for next month's US Open have been dealt a blow with the Aussie forced to withdraw from the Atlanta Open due to injury. Now, as we know, he lost to the Wimbledon final to Novak Djokovic earlier this month. However... He was ruled out. He decided to bow out of the Atlanta Open due to injury, but he went on on court to apologise to the people that had come to see him play. Yeah, first of all, I just want to say I'm extremely shattered that I'm not able to compete tonight. Um, I've won this tournament once, and, you know, I'm playing probably some of the best tennis of my career, and all I wanted to do was come out here and give you guys a show, obviously, just see what I was capable of, but I'm unable to give out my best performance today, and... Um, I'm just extremely sorry, but I'm going to you know, keep my hopes up and maybe be able to continue doubles with Vanasi this week. But I hope you all not be too hard on me. But, you know, I was going to come out here and, and see you guys face to face to tell you that I love you guys. And hopefully next year in singles, I'll be able to compete and give it my all. So I appreciate it. Yeah, good on you, Nick. Well done. So he went out on court and apologised after having a holiday in the Bahamas. He looked nice and relaxed and very tanned. And, of course, from the Bahamas to Atlanta in Florida, it's not too far. So there you go. That's Nick Kyrgios. And before I take a break, actually, if you want to look at – we had a, a lot of soccer action here at Optus Stadium on the weekend. If you want to see that one of the most sensational goals that have ever been scored on a soccer pitch, have a look at the England versus Sweden – Women's Euro 2022 semi-final. The Lionesses, as they are known, beat Sweden 4-0 in the semi in front of a packed house at Sheffield and are through to the final. Have a listen on how the commentator describes this goal that was scored by England. Looking for Kirby, chance for England here. Pulls it back, Russell, center the goalkeeper. One of the goals of the tournament, one of the goals of any tournament. Alessia Russo has backheeled it and given England a 3 0 lead. That is stupendous. Well, you'll never, ever, ever see anything like that. 
I saw it and it was just so smart. So what happened? Russo has had a shot. The keeper has saved it. It's rolled back out to her path. She's got the back to goal. The keeper thought uh, she had done enough. And then she's backheeled it. And I've actually kicked the cupboard here. She's backheeled it. And it's gone between the goalkeeper's legs into the back of the net. It is quite a sensational goal. And as you can hear from the commentators, uh, they went to ape over it as well. But England are through to the final of the Euro 22 final in the uh, Women's European Championships. We'll take a break, come back with more in a moment. Uh, Michael Andrew Rucci will join us next. As I mentioned, Michael Roberts, the CEO of the uh, WA Footy Commission, will join us a bit later on as well. It's eight past five. We're here for Toolmart, the complete tool centre, where you get the right tool from the start. This is Drive with Peter Vlahos.